Welcome to worship, everyone. Before we begin today, we, we want to do a special thank you. You know, um, we talk about stewarding the gifts God has given us, and I want to invite Lisa Ottenbacher forward. Um, if you don't know, Lisa has been our volunteer parish nurse since 2008, just shortly after I got here, um, and then also at the same time took on the leadership of care ministry. Those are two separate things, but very related, obviously. And so we have a little thank you, and I'll turn things over to Denise for a minute. If I'm on, I am. Our, our uh, vice president, by the way. Okay. Yeah. On behalf of the church council, we just want to thank Lisa for her generous uh, sharing of her gifts with many people in need, comfort, kindness that just overwhelms. And uh, thank you for your many, many years. Absolutely. Caregiving of our congregation, um, and so we're so thankful. You, yeah. So I have to do this at the first service, so we're going to see if this one goes a little better. <laughs> Fewer tears. Um, I, I had to make a special thank you to Sue Gitch, who started the care ministry program 21, 22 years ago, and without her starting that and her insight and her thought into that. This will never continue, and it will continue. Um, my care ministers, our care ministers, are just so, they're so independent, and they're so active. And so if you have been a part of care ministry, or you have in the past or are currently, I would like you to stand. That includes Eucharistic people. Eucharistic ministers, yeah. too. People in the back, the burden. I know there's other people who are not standing. <laughs> there's, uh, all right, there we go. Uh, there, thank you. And, and there are also people behind the scenes who do things who don't want to be recognized, so I'm not going to um, um, call them out, but just that we have a grief ministry that someone sends out grief books, and they do that at their own expense. And... She keeps track of all that, and then someone else in the congregation who makes touchstone bears and um, memory pocket pillows for people, for families that are grieving or deployed families. So, so thank you to those people. Um, this has been, the great thing about all of this is the relationships that I've made. So the relationships with people like Vernon Miller, Vaughn and Michelle Shiplett and, um, and Edie McKelvey. So um, just that's something that I will always hold in my heart. I do want to say that care ministry is, it's all of you. If you've ever sat with somebody who's been lonely or hurting or dying, if you've ever brought someone to an appointment, if you've ever helped feed someone, you are a care minister. 
That being said, we need more recognized care ministers, especially males. Um, so I'm going to make a pitch for that. So whoever takes over for me, um, please continue to support them. Thank you. Thank you again, Lisa. With that, please stand. And we will take ourselves to our baptism and how we enter the church, the gift of Christ for us. And so we begin. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who spoke light into the creation who calls us to listen and to follow, who sends us to shine like stars, let us come before God confessing our sin with the assurance of God's grace and mercy. Holy and merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. Here and now, by Christ's authority, I declare to you that your sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. such a hunger and thirst for justice and perseverance and striving for peace that in our words and deeds the world may see the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We're asking all the children to come forward, but not up here to the altar. Grab seats in the, um, in the front pews, okay? All the kids come to the uh, front pews there. What are you doing here? Well, I just figured I should be here because we're always here. Man, not, not this year, man. You got to get out of here. All right, according to the Texans, anyway, you're one and done, butter, buddy. Move along. There we go. What's a Houston Astro fan doing here? What? 
sorry. Why didn't I My think bad. of that? My bad. I should have thought of that. Whew. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Oh. 436. 437. Hey, everybody. It's Jimmy Mui Guapo. How you doing, brother? Hey, um, you better watch out today, okay? Two words, man. Um, Frank Clark, coming after you. So just, just a warning. Go it's Frank. Garoppolo, homie. Garoppolo. Okay. But you are and you, and you better be the one that should be worried. I got two words here, bro. Richard Sherman. Ooh. Right? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do? Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> hey, hey, who's that? Is that priest mode coming out of retirement?
With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The word of the Lord. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. The word of the Lord.
according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, if you didn't know it yet, it's Super Bowl Sunday, kind of an unofficial national holiday, when we celebrate the best, the most powerful, the greatest, we celebrate the blessed from this football season, kind of a contrast to our reading for today, isn't it, and the blessings there. Not that the Super Bowl teams are corrupt in any particular way, I mean, Patriots aren't playing after all, right? No. <laughs> I know who I'm offending right now. I know. I'm sorry. That's actually going to come back to me when, in this sermon. It kind of undermines what I'm saying today. But um, they're in our heads. Maybe that's all it is. But these teams have played their way to the top. And as athletes say, or hopefully say, and even performers of all kinds would say, you know, let your actions speak louder than your words. Or leave it on the field or the pitch or whatever it might be. Well, Jesus certainly embodies that for us today, although... We just hear his words to us today, his teachings. We can look back at the, first, or at the last chapter and see that Jesus has been very active. He's been baptized. He's been anointed by God uh, for a particular mission. He's been sent out into the wilderness and survived the tempter's best that he could throw at him. He's come back from the wilderness, and he's begun to heal and to cure people of all, with all kinds of needs. In other words... Jesus already comes into these, this teaching with, um, with actions to back his words. And now Jesus speaks directly to those who suffer, to those who are persecuted, to those who are in deep mourning. And he makes strong promises. But before you kind of run out to try to seek after some of these promises or to kind of get into some of these categories, before you run out to try to seek a life of suffering, or before you kind of go, well, I don't find myself in any of those blessings and sort of write this word off, wait for a moment. Because I actually think it won't take too much to find yourselves in these blessings and in Jesus' words. Now let's start by getting something crystal clear, okay? The Beatitudes are not a list of ways we should do better. I mean, really, if only I could be more spiritually poor, doesn't sound right. 
If only I could get persecuted in some way for Jesus' sake. Maybe I should be a little bit meeker. Or maybe I should wish for something bad to happen to me so I could mourn. Doesn't make any sense, does it? And it also kind of individualizes this, this saying from Jesus or makes it kind of our work. In other words, it dumbs down what Jesus is saying today and just makes another to-do list for us. But just like the commandments that were given to Mo Moses, just like they were, were much less of a list of to-dos or don'ts and much more of an invitation to live under the gracious rule of God, so these words spoken by Jesus function in very much the same way. They're a vision of the kingdom that he offers. And he kind, of, he kind of paints a picture of this kingdom for us with the brush of promises. We often say blessed. The, both readers and both services say blessed, and there's nothing wrong with those words. But what we don't want to do with the word blessed is kind of see these, these promises that Jesus makes as kind of like, oh, aren't you blessed for your suffering? We don't want to dumb them down. We don't want to wimp them out, so to speak. These are powerful claims and powerful promises that Jesus makes for us and for the world today. It kind of helps me to use a little bit of volume and a little bit different pronunciation with that first word. Blessed are the, are the, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. These powerful promises need to be boldly proclaimed. And the power of these promises actually reminds me of my favorite scene in the movie uh, Glory. The night before is kind of, it's kind of a culminating moment in the movie, and I won't spoil it, but the night before, this all African-American battalion is about to attack this impenetrable fortress, uh, this impen impenetrable um, um, Confederate fortress, these men gather around the fire that night to pray. And they, they kind of have this, this sort of, of theme that continues to, to circle through their, their prayer, almost like a theme song. It goes like this. It goes, oh, my Lord, 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 Lord. Oh, my Lord, 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 Lord. And then as, men, as some of the men come up and begin to pray or begin to ask for God's mercy and protection, there's, there's this undercurrent that kind of lifts them up. Not kind of, it just does lift them up as they pray. And it just, the clapping gets quieter and they just simply hum. And it continues to flow as they, as they pray and they reach out to God. There's this foundation, this, this theme song, as if these, if these are these, these core promises that they're relying on, a theme song for God's mercy, and a theme song reminding them of God's love for them as they go into this battle that seems almost hopeless. Well, if these words of Jesus are our theme song, if these are core promises and not just another to-do list, if these promises lay claim to such as these, that Jesus gives them to, then what is our call as Christians to follow him? Well, perhaps it's to see uh, the world in the way that Jesus kind of turns it on its side, this kind of, at least with his words, it's a simple turn, but really, if you think about it, it's quite revolutionary. It turns the world upside down as, as if we might clamor past 
uh, the Super Bowl, uh, you know, if, we, if there was like an autograph party at the Super Bowl, we would clamor past Patrick Mahomes and others leaving their pens full, and we would, we would go towards, you know, the, the orphaned immigrant that has come into this country or something like that. We would want to get their signature, their blessed signature. But is this really even realistic? Can we live this way? I mean, have you ever seen someone in, uh, deeply in grief and thought to yourself, wow, I really envy them. How blessed they are. Honestly, when I, I think when we take these words of Jesus, these promises seriously, this radical shift that Jesus calls for and calls out in his words today, and maybe especially if we see it from kind of this perch of privilege, we can see a very rational, worldly-wise reason for his execution. I mean, you can't function in the kind of kingdom that Jesus is presenting to us. It can't work, can it? Remember I said before that Moses and the Ten Commandments were more of uh, an idea of how uh, uh, God's people would live under God's rule, more of an idea, a practice, a reality. They weren't just this oppressive to-do list that we sometimes treat them as, but it was how to live under God's rule of justice. But no one lived them perfectly. We don't either. Not even Moses lived them perfectly. An upside-down kingdom did not work. The people of God in their history moved, from, uh, they moved on from God to having kings over them and, and different kinds of rulers, and they, and they looked to gods other than, the, other than the God we worship. In fact, in Jesus' day, and of course not in ours, right, but in Jesus' day, the commandments were used as a way to kind of make a demarcation between those who were holy and those who were unclean. We would never do that, of course, right? Who was in? Who was out? But Jesus takes that rational thinking to task. Jesus cuts down that iron curtain with what seems to be foolish to us. By the way, he'll absolutely uh, upend the commandments uh, at the end of the chapter, if you read on, when you get home, murder, adultery, better than Hulu or Netflix, for sure. Um, but even in this first beatitude, even when Jesus starts, and I think he starts here particularly, in that first beatitude, he takes lethal aim at our biggest barrier for this vision of the kingdom. He goes back to the original sin, truly, and he takes aim at our human judgment. He claims kingdom of heaven rights for those whom we would judge. Here's kind of how it works. I need somebody with really good self-esteem, somebody really confident. Anybody? <laughs> all right, there she is. I was gonna, all right, so stand up. And what's your name so people know? Jillian, right? So if I were to say to you, oh, Jillian, what's she doing here? Jillian, oh, she's a sinner. I mean, Jillian has no hope, no future. You know, just get out of here. For? <laughs> well, now, hold on. <laughs> and then I were to say, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. What happens to all the words that I've spoken before? Yeah, ha-ha. What's that? It went right back in my face. Yeah, it kind of did, right? One finger pointing at you, three pointing back at me, right? Jesus, thank you, Jillian. Appreciate that. I don't think any of those things about you, by the way. Um, but it takes, it takes our judgment. It takes the divisions we would make our human judgment, our human ideas, our rational wisdom, and it just cuts it off at the knees and throws it out. It is to be no more. Now, maybe we should practice this with some present-day issues today, huh? Have a little participation from you. 
All those of you for impeachment over here. All those who, who think the trial is political hoo-ha over here. And then just pick a neighbor and go to town and let's see how you do. Nobody's moving, so I don't know. I guess we could try another one. Should we try something else? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Abortion, gay marriage, black lives matter, blue lives matter, all lives matter. We could stay for a while. We can lock the doors. You guys want to do this? <laughs> but seriously, how are we doing with this stuff? How are we doing? Now, I don't want to minimize these issues. They are important issues, and I understand that. I don't want to minimize your faithful passion. But honestly, how are we doing? Reflecting God's righteousness in our relationships versus rolling around in the stink of our own self-righteousness. I don't want to tell you how I'm doing. How's it going for you and those around you? Because that will affect how our eyes focus on the vision Jesus offers, or whether we will be able to focus on it at all, I believe. Pastor Paul noted we should probably, um, only partly joking, I think, but noted that we'd probably be more comfortable with our opening song if we sang, we are called to love judgingly. That feels a little more comfortable, doesn't it? Feels a little more, more home, <laughs> or like home. So what are we to do? What are we to do? Well, I think that's kind of the wrong question for us today, honestly. Because Jesus lays out what the kingdom looks like, but then he lays down something much more, something much more valuable. He lays down his life for these promises. Jesus dies for our collective sin of division and hatred and cruelty and war and seeing one another as less or outside or unclean or whatever other label we might put on. I know we have to have sense. I know we have to make decisions about our relationships and choices and things like that. But when it comes to that ultimate task of sitting in God's judgment seat, we just simply aren't welcome or worthy to be there. Jesus will not stand for our kingdom, and so our kingdom will lynch him for it. George Patton once said, live for something rather than die for nothing. Tupac Shakur said, if you can't find something to live for, you best find something to die for. And perhaps most pointedly, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, if you haven't found something you are willing to die for, you aren't fit to live. Well, Jesus gives us something. He gives us promises today that he's willing to die for. And in doing so, he gives us something to live for, something to live into. We may take different forms, living this out, certainly. We may have different opinions, different politics, different approaches. But we never take the form of oppression or selfishness or a blind eye or our own judgment and on and on. At least we don't lead with that. We don't do it intentionally. That isn't our calling. I mean, truthfully, in all of this, we kind of have little to offer, and we have much to receive. I think sometimes we kind of get into this pattern, and it's not a bad pattern, but we get into this pattern that we try and we try and we can't live up. We can't fulfill the law. We can't live up to God's expectations. We need God's forgiveness in Christ. We need to be made whole again. Now, Again, there is nothing wrong with that. But what if we kind of turn that around a little bit? What if the turn that we're really to pay attention to today 
is that we start in a different place. What if we start with the love of Jesus? Not with our own actions, good or bad, success or failure. What if we take time, and I mean deep time, and focus on the height and the depth and the breadth of God's love for us in Jesus Christ? Just start there, like every single day, and maybe end there every single night. Mm-hmm. 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 With a theme song, a visionary song, a fight song. What if God set our vision before we even acted? Let's say, what if we walked humbly before our God first, as Micah says to us today? What if we started our day on a hill with Jesus looking around at the world? which he certainly, the hill was, that he took the, the disciples up to was not an escape. It was a place where he could see all that was going on, the good and the bad of the world, for sure. What if we went up on that hill with Jesus and looked around at the world near and far, seeing the widow, the orphan, and the foreigner in our land as blessed, the mourner as blessed, wrapped in the arms of Jesus, our enemy as our kingdom neighbor. And when we fail, we ourselves receiving that promise from Jesus as well. The kingdom of heaven belongs to you too. In other words, what if we loved God's mercy first? To begin, to start, and even to end our days. In Micah, again, to love kindness makes it seem kind of like our work. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. Now, I'm good with a lot more kindness in this world. Anybody with me on that one? Okay. All right. That's good to know. But as Pastor Bill pointed out this week, the word used here is associated more with God's mercy than our kindness, our action. I checked it out, and guess what? Bill O'Check was right. He was right. Not uncommon. So what if we are first to see with God's mercy, to reflect God's mercy as our lens, to see through it, to see the world as God does, and let your life be convicted and your actions Follow after that. Not as a last resort, but as a first action. Receiving the promise. Blessed are you. This is the kingdom Jesus brings us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Quick note about this uh, next hymn. It, uh, it's an ostinato, and that's the fancy music for today. It means a thing that repeats. So we'll start it at the last line. And I know this is new for some of you. For me, this was like the old camp song. But uh, the bottom line, what does the Lord require? We will sing that, and the, the guys will stay there. And then we'll add the middle line, and then we'll add the top line. And we sing all three at the same time. And uh, do it a couple times. So any of those lines you see, Sung at the same time, and it's going to go over and over again. That's an ostinato.
news and the blessing, the beatitudes that we've heard this day, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now turn and pray to our God with the promise that God hears our prayers. And so we pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, we thank you that your blessings flow forth on all of your people. Bless us. Bless this church, bless our pastors, bless our families, bless our nation and our teachers, bless our schools, bless our world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Father, we pray for those who are hurting. For the people of Australia, we pray for relief from fires and flooding. For the people of Puerto Rico, for people who live in parts of the world that are under siege, we pray for you, for refugees, for homeless, those who are ill in body, mind, and spirit, and for those who grieve, we pray for you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, as we come to your table, fill us up with your body and blood and with your spirit. Help us be your lights in our homes, our work, and our community. Send us out today to be your hands and feet in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we also pray specifically for the family of Gloria Jacobson as she joined the church triumphant. And, and so we pray for their consolation and comfort. We also pray for the family of Gary Ludwig and his death. We pray for Gabby and Drew that you'd hold them in your care. God, we pray for Olivia, granddaughter of Jean Sherbisman, as she's having heart problems and undergoing testing. We pray for Darcy's, Darcy's father, Carl, um, as he deals with a blood clot. Um, and we pray that thanks that he's at home and healing, and we pray for that healing to continue. We pray for Teeny Fox dealing with cancer, for Charlene Austin recovering at Northwoods. From the, we pray but for those who are continuing to recover from surgery, for Don, for Jane, for Dory, for Sean, for Delaney, for Lynn and Kevin, uh, bring them your healing. God, we pray for those battling cancer, Cindy and Jim, Gary, Alan, John, Kathy, Elizabeth, Angela, Dave, Jim, Ron, and Kathy and Carol. For all those who are deployed and their families, for Paul and Jillian and Bradley and Aaron, Rebecca, Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, David. We pray for them and all their families. God, for all in our continued prayer list and those that we bring to you now aloud or in the quiet of our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. 
God, now as we come to your table, we give thanks for this gift where all those divisions and judgment, you, you come across those and you pull us into your family with these blessings that we've heard. So as we've been pulled in with your word this day, may you pull us in in this meal as we are all fed and we are all around one table together, forgiven, your children. And so send us forth as bread for our world. We pray all of this trusting forth in the mercy of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share that peace with those around you. As you finish sharing the piece, please keep going. Um, please pass those friendship pads down the aisle. If you're a guest of ours today, and maybe this is your first Sunday with us, we'd love for you to give us an email, your address. Um, we want to just thank you for worshiping with us, make ourselves available to you. So pass those friendship pads down, members. We want to hear that you're in worship. And so as you're doing that, just a few things to highlight um, from our beacon. Again, really pour over this, but the last chance for the tickets for the comedy fundraiser, which is for our youth ministry, um, women's retreat, um, deadline for sign-up and paying. That's those two go together. Uh, it's February 9th, February 9th. Um, next Sunday, in between services, we have our Scout Breakfast, Scout Sunday, and so they'll put on a beautiful breakfast for us in our gathering place, so if you're a late service attendee and you don't come for the class, um, you might want to come a little early next week. Everything else, I just want you to pour through here and check this out, um, and so that's a really important way to stay in tune with our ministry. Anything else I missed? Please. Well, I can just say we got a little rained out at our ski day yesterday, so if you want to go, we're going to go next Saturday. So if anybody wants in on that, just let me know right away. Got another shot at it. Yep. Next <laughs> Saturday. All right. Great. Let's continue with our offering.
eyes. pray. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be your light and life through Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. By the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all the nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him, your beloved Son. And in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Sing Our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. And we pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us in the breaking of this bread, as you once revealed yourself to your disciples, the gifts of God are ready for the people of God.
It's amazing feeling to be up here and see everyone getting fed with God's forgiveness and grace and mercy. And it's a beautiful thing that um, Rini Nicholson, who can't be here with us in body, will receive the same meal through Pat. So let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for Pat. And we pray that you'll bless her now as she takes the meal out to Rini. May Rini know our love, but most of all know your love through this meal. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may stand. May this, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, truly strengthen you and keep you in God's grace and peace. Amen. Everlasting God, we bless you that you have brought us to the mountaintop and fed us with the life and light of your Son. Send us in his name from this place bring light into dark corners, healing where lives are torn, and nourishment to every heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Be sent forth this day. God the Father, light creator, God the Son, light from light, and God the Holy Spirit, light revealer, bless you and give you peace. Amen. As we sing, we're going to do marching, because it's not in here. Marching, Marching, dancing, singing, praying. And then let's go back and do marching again.
are grace-filled. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thank you.